Hey guys, I'm Turlove. And I'm Emerson. We co-host a podcast at UW called Red Square. Every other week, we stand on Red Square and have conversations with people who open up to us about love, discovery, surprise, and sometimes even whales. We believe that each person has a story, and in sharing them, we can build a little more empathy on our campus. So head over to uwpodcast.com and listen to Red Square. Welcome and thank you for joining us here once again at the Box Seat Podcast. I'm Josh Eddy. And I'm Caden Condor. And we're your guide to anything and everything college basketball related. Today is Friday, March 6th, and we'll be discussing some of the week's best games, doing a little March Madness viewing fantasy draft, and talking about some of our favorite March moments. And the theme of this episode today is that the show must go on. So the UW earlier today announced that classes will only take place in an online setting for the rest of the quarter, basically saying, uh, don't come to campus uh, is, is kind of what they're saying. But campus is not closed. That's why we're here. We're recording. We are behind enemy lines, if you will. And we're, we're putting our bodies on the line, uh, very much like a, maybe a senior at, at Villanova diving for a loose ball in the stands. They're, they're willing to do anything. We're right there with them. We'll, we're doing anything. We're putting your body on the lines. They bring you guys the content. Yeah, and hopefully you guys appreciate this. Leave a like. Leave oh, a yeah. comment. Subscribe. All that DM stuff. us on Twitter. All that good stuff. Yeah, this is maybe the first college basketball podcast to be recorded in an area affected by coronavirus because it really has. It started in King right. County. It's moved its way now to the University of Washington community. And you know, we're kind of in, in the middle of it all, but yeah, don't have no fear. We are here, and we're we're ready to hope, hopefully boost those numbers here, and we'll, we'll maybe get some clout for being uh, the first coronavirus college basketball podcast. <laughs> and we're praying that the corona doesn't affect the NCAA tournament in a couple weeks. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, they can, cannot cancel these games. They're too important. They could just have no fans in the in the stadium. I've heard <laughs> I've heard rumblings so about funny. that. That'd be like so crazy. Like, I know, like, isn't Italy doing that for, like, their soccer league? Or, yeah, I think I they just sh- shut down fan entry for all their games. Yeah. But the I, games are still I happening. I can't imagine. Like, that's, like, it's like going back to middle school or something where there's no one in the stands. They or just can't leagues. do that. Yeah. It's just not the same without the fans. I feel like I would almost rather have them postpone it. <laughs> if they're not going to have fans in the stands, then yeah. what's the point almost? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully no, it doesn't come to that. But uh, I guess we should get into a little bit of our rapid fire recap. Yep. Let's do it. In the closest game of the week, Baylor edges out Texas Tech in overtime. The biggest lead by either team in this game was just five points. Texas Tech, they really needed this win to move off of the bubble and into the tournament field. Kentucky blows a 17-point lead at home and then manages to lose by eight whole points to a Tennessee team that likely won't even make the tournament. Folkmania is in full effect with John Fulkerson dropping 27 for the Vols. And this Kentucky team is extremely reliant on either Tyrese Maxey or Emmanuel quickly catching fire and having huge games. Rutgers all but punches their ticket to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1991, and it kicked the dying dog of the Big Ten in Maryland to do so. And Rutgers controlled this game the whole way through. It's both worrying and disappointing that number 9 Maryland was never even able to make a run in this game. 
Mr. March does it once again, storming back to stun the Nittany Lions in State College after falling behind 15 points at halftime. I said it before, but I'll say it again. The Spartans are once again peaking at the right time. And this was a pretty spra- scrappy game, just watching it. Uh, the Big Ten is a tough conference for me to read at this point. It seems like everybody is kind of on the same level with Michigan State being the only team to really separate from the pack. Purdue takes down Iowa, but it was at Iowa, and one of the most shocking outcomes of the week, the Boilermakers win on the road, making this Big Ten bubble situation even more complicated. And the Big Ten is making our jobs really difficult, and I resent them for that. Matt Coleman is a hero in Austin after knocking down a crazy three to knock off Oklahoma. Texas will likely be dancing after a year without it. And that felt like a winner goes to the tournament game. I really hope that the Sooners don't make it and a more deserving mid-major does, but shout out to Shaka Smart back in the NCAA field. Dayton continues to fly high after a beatdown of Rhode Island that was in desperate need of a win. Obi Toppin looks like he's getting bored out there and is ready for the tournament. Rhode Island still belongs in the tournament in my opinion. Uh, They just ran into the best team in the country right now. Villanova tried to lose this game with poor free throw shooting down the stretch, ultimately held on to win at Seton Hall on senior night, their biggest win of the season. Villanova's guards played out of their minds in this one. Both of these teams were impressive in this game, though. Creighton gets back on track, putting up 61 against Georgetown. The Blue Jays shot 47% from three and are still one of the most dangerous teams in the nation. I really like this Creighton Blue Jays team. I think the rest of the Big East as well is going to be dangerous in March. In the battle of the Big East bubble teams, Providence continues to roll on with a close victory over Xavier. The Friars ticket is punched for March, and this team is someone that no one wants to see in the first weekend. And I might be in the minority here, but I just don't like Providence. Maybe I'm crazy, but maybe I'm the smartest in the room. Auburn's limp into the tournament is officially in panic mode. They drop a game to palpable Buzz Williams and his SEC bottom feeder Aggies. The worst part, this loss was at home. This team hopefully can figure things out when it matters. Auburn has been coasting for some time, and playing in the SEC this year is not exactly the best way to get better. The EJ Liddell coming out party was too much for the fighting Illini in Columbus. After being from Illinois and then lining them up, Liddell might become their biggest enemy since Cliff Alexander. Ohio State is still a math team to me, just like Illinois, and just like a lot of the Big Ten. All right, that was a pretty good week in college basketball. seems like we're starting to gear up. I mean, we said this last week that it is, or the, or this week that it is officially March, but it seems like the focus of the nation is either on March Madness or coronavirus. Yeah, the, <laughs> the XFL, the XFL has kind of calmed down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, NBA, the All Star Week was was pretty big for for a little bit there, but at this point, uh, people are talking about Tom Brady a little bit. I don't know what's going on there, but we're here for college basketball, and it's it's officially our time. And we've been we've been working all year for this. So did you see? Uh, did you see Brady Edelman and I think it was Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel? Yeah, it was, it was I think Fallon, it was Fallon. Think, yeah. They were all sitting courtside at the Syracuse Carolina game. Yeah, at the Carrier Dome. Yeah, big game. I mean, two of the top teams in the ACC battling it out. Big game. <laughs> big game. <laughs> that was yeah. That was weird. I don't understand how any of them like what the connection is there for any of those people. But regardless, it's cool. When uh, we we know the Tom Brady saga, <laughs> you know how about how he's been trying to. Yeah, he's you know, trying to market himself and yeah. go to different teams. So Edelman was making Buffalo he, Bills jokes on the sideline because they were in Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe Brady's gonna ask for, or he's gonna sign with the Syracuse Orange in the offseason. You never know. Could be, could be a good uh, small, could be a good fit. <laughs> could be a good small forward to put next to, uh, I don't know, whoever else Syracuse has on their team. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't some know of those anybody. people. I mean, yeah, put that on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. Jim Beheim doing his job. 
not making the NCAA tournament this year. All right, let's get into the best win of the week. Josh, who have you got? So I got Texas Forever, the Texas Longhorn, mm. Shaka Smart. This is a team that has really had their backs up against the wall for a few weeks now, and they basically needed to win every single game to have a chance to get into the tournament, and they've done just that. This Texas team is probably going to be in the tournament now, which is something I did not think I would be able to say this year. Uh, so this win right here pretty much punches their ticket. They've won, I think, five straight now after losing four in a row leading to that this five-game win streak. This is also a rivalry game. It was Texas against Oklahoma. It was at Oklahoma. I'm not sure how much those rivalries really translate from football to basketball because I'm sure Oklahoma could give a shit about losing <laughs> in yeah. basketball when they roll them in football. But whatever. I mean, sure, like, congrats to Texas mm-hmm. for that, that big rivalry win. Yeah. Matt Coleman's shot was crazy. This is a team that is team of destiny, dare I say? Possibly. And this was one of those games where it just felt like the winner would be in, the in and then the loser would be bubble or out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Oklahoma will probably have to make a run in the tournament, in the Big 12 tourney, yeah. if they're going to want to get get considered by the committee. They're definitely one of the like 30 bubble teams right now, so it could really go either way. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure who they play this weekend, but definitely must-win game for them this weekend. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge loss, too. Yeah, that's a tough uh, one. At on a buzzer beater also. at yeah. home, too. That was crazy. And they're, the other thing about that game is that Texas is down two with just a few seconds left. Matt Coleman throws up an absolutely crazy three. Not exactly at the buzzer, but I think it was like a half a second left. But, yeah, it banks it in also. It was off like one leg. If you're Oklahoma, you got to just throw your hands up and say, what, what else can I do there? And, yeah, shout out Texas. They're, they're a team of destiny, uh, along with Providence and UCLA that are making these late surges that I hope all of them are in the tournament just because I love when hot teams get in the tournament and they're mm-hmm. dangerous 10, 11 seeds wherever they end up there. Definitely. Those are, those are fun teams to follow. Yeah, exactly. And what you have for your best one? Uh, I had the Michigan State Spartans, Sparty mm-hmm. Nation, baby. Tom Izzo. Michigan State beat Penn State 79-71 to 71 on Tuesday. This is a game where Xavier Tillman, who's an X-Factor. We've kind of mentioned him on previous shows. He's a pretty important player to this Spartans team, and he had another big game. He had 23 points in 38 minutes. He also had 15 boards, so double-double for him. This was a game where Penn State, after the first half, they were up 46-31, so a 15-point lead, and Michigan State just fought back in this one in the second half. They actually outscored the Penn State Lions 48-25 to in the second half. So yeah. pretty large margin there. Uh, they ended up winning by eight. This is just a great win for Michigan State. It kind of shows, it kind of proved something to me a little bit, the fact that they can come back from a deficit, the fact that they have enough offensive firepower that they can make a big run. That was definitely good for me to see from them. Mm-hmm. I was on the road also. I mean, I was watching this game, and the first half was all Penn State. Like, Myron Jones was hitting everything from deep, and they just look like, oh, they're running away with this one. The crowd's into it. They're going crazy. And I, after the first half, I stopped watching. I went to the Maryland-Rutgers game, which I think was at the same time. And then I checked the score, and, like, within the first eight minutes or something like that of the of the second half, Michigan State had already evened it up and was, like, on a run. So I was like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> I guess I forgot that Mr. March is officially in his element here. So look out for, for coaches, though. Mr. March, he's the man. He, he did it last year. He looks like he's doing it again this year. So this is a very, very scary team right now. Yeah, and probably one of his better coaching jobs with this Michigan State team because when you look on the talent on the court, uh, they got freshman Rocket Watts who had a really good game. He had 18. Xavier Tillman, he's a system player a little bit, 
but a, a really solid he's big man so for them. He's been so good lately, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Cassius Winston as well. I mean, he's still um, one of the best players in the nation, so you yeah. can't, can't count them out at all. Yeah, Rocket are... Watts has been getting better also. Malik Hall is very feast or famine, but when he plays well, man, they're they're dangerous as hell. Yeah, I was I was also impressed with the Penn State team. I, I mean, they did get outscored by 23 in the second yeah. half, which isn't never a good sign at home. They're a first-half team. Um, we know this. And the fact that they can score, put up 46 points and a half, and still take, lose and take a well <laughs> i was gonna take the positive route but yeah yeah and t- the fact that they can hold a 15 point lead at the half kind of shows me something that they have enough firepower uh hopefully they don't collapse like this again in the tournament yeah this is kind of could be a sign of bad things to come for this lions team yeah who knows yeah i'm, I'm conflicted because i really like their team i like lamar stevens i like myron jones i like all their guys mike watkins also super fun to watch and I, I want them to do well, but they kind of just have all the ingredients of a five twelve upset. Like it, it seems yeah. like they're kind of not playing their best basketball mm-hmm. right now. They don't have a lot of experience, and they were a hot team at once. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping they do well because I do like this team. But mm-hmm. they just seem like they're they're right to get that five seed and lose in the first round. That's right. Uh, moving on to my worst loss now is I had well, there's two pretty obvious SEC choices. I went with uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. They, I mean, just because they led by 17 points in the second half at home. Like, that, that's impressive to lose that game. And especially you lose to a team that's not even going to make the tournament in Tennessee and not even really a bubble team for that matter. That is that is just brutal. So, I, I again, I'm not putting too much into it because I do think it's sometimes not a bad thing to lose going into the tournament because you don't want to be riding that high win streak and then you get the target on your back. And so they've done this in the past couple years. Last year... They went to Tennessee, and they just got the floor waxed with them at Tennessee in that one, and then they go on an Elite Eight run. And then in 2018, they lost by 13 on unranked Florida team. So, And then they ended up going, I think, to the Sweet 16 that year. So they do this. They've been doing this the past couple of years. They, they want to lose one game in March before they get into the tournament. Yeah, and what scares me about this Kentucky team, the complexion of the their offense. I mean, they, they've got three really solid guards, Ashton Haggins, Tyrese Maxey, and Emmanuel Quickly. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, they've got Nick Richards down low, who's a solid big man as well. But if those, they really need one of those guards every single game to get 20 points or more if they're going to beat a really good team. And these are, I think Quickly and Maxey are both freshmen. Higgins is a sophomore. I think Quickly is a sophomore, so, but he like sophomore. didn't play at all last year. So okay, I mean, so they're young. Soph- yeah, they're all, they're all young. Yeah. Yeah, and to expect a young guard like that to go off. And not it's not that they're expecting it, but they need it if they're going to beat a really good team. Uh, that's kind of what worries me about them. Uh, in this game, none of those guys really had great games, and because of that, they ended up losing. This is a weird team, like you said. The complexion is—it's just like it seems like it's all guards and then big men. Like there's no wings, there's no like forwards. It seems like so. Yeah, it's kind of a weird team. I kind of like it though that it's something new, but. The, and the, they've started running out the three guards starting. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like three point guards all starting, which really? is really weird. I mean, Maxi and Quickly are a little bigger. I guess they're all kind of bigger point guards, but they all pretty much play point guard. Yeah, and you, you mentioned to me, who were we talking about, the ideal five-seed uh, upset, Penn State, yeah. earlier? To me, Kentucky is even more upset-prone. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be a five-seed, though. I think they're going to be like a three-seed. So. Yeah. But we'll see. They could lose a couple... So I, I see them. I see them losing first round. Honestly, I if, could see that if they're I mean, not hitting shots. If this team isn't hitting shots, they really struggle. Yeah, the the only pushback I have on that 
is that Cal doesn't seem like he ever loses in the first round. Whereas, like, well, I don't like this team a whole lot. I think I like, Cal Perry does a good job in, in the tournament. And, like, you, you see, like, teams like Duke lose in the first round every three or four years or however long. But it doesn't seem like Kentucky's ever out in the first round. It seems like they always at least win their first game. And that's true. I, I just worry about poor shooting in the tournament. No, I don't, I'm right there with you. I don't trust this team much at all. Yeah, because poor shooting is what kills you. I mean, if you are way too reliant on threes, which this Kentucky team, with all the guards they have, they shoot a lot, and if they're not making shots, they could lose to a, a team that's you know catching fire at the right time. Mm-hmm. What did you have for your worst loss? So for my worst loss, I had my Auburn Tigers. Mm. Uh, this week they lost, to, yep, they lost to Tennessee, was it? No, it was uh, Kentucky that lost Oh, to they lost to Texas A&M. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Texas A&M is 15-14. and 14. They're barely over 500. This Tigers team still has a solid record. They're twenty-four and six, which is kind of surprising with how much they've lost recently. Yeah, just because uh, they had that, they didn't lose forever. They had a great stretch, yeah, and now it's kind of finally catching up to them. To me, the fact that this loss was probably the the most worrisome out of all the losses they've had. I've kind of brushed them aside, hoping that they can pick it back up again, hoping that they can regain momentum. But this was just unexplainable. They lost at home, uh, seventy-eight to seventy-five, and they the the score makes it look a lot closer than it was. They hit a couple threes and made some free throws down the stretch to make it a one possession game, but they were really never in the f- last five minutes of the game. They just couldn't hit a shot. They were never even really contending for the lead. Um, that's what worried me the most was the fact that they never really even got close at the end of the game. And I would expect a a ranked team who I'm hoping to go far in the tournament to at least have a run in them. I'm right there with you. This- Auburn team seems a little fraudulent as far as they they don't really have any their only good win was the game the win they won against Kentucky at home which is a good win but that was kind of a weird game like it was just all free throw shooting and never really had like the pace of a real basketball game and it was it was a weird one but yeah it doesn't seem like they really have done much and they haven't been too impressive in an SEC that isn't that good I mean the mm-hmm. SEC is very mediocre right now so yeah I mean, I don't know. I don't trust this team that much in March. Yeah, and I've got a couple guys on this Tigers team because I'm kind of I'm, I'm into this Tigers team. I'm hoping they can do well, uh, but they really need Javon McCormick to step up. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I believe, a sophomore point guard for them. He played 34 minutes in this one, and he only had five points. Mm-hmm. This think, is a guy. I think he's a senior, actually. A senior. Well, wow. I think they're all their starters are seniors except for Okoro. Let's see. But whatever. Yeah, I think I think he's a senior. Um, but five points in 35 minutes yeah, it's not is good. pretty poor. And he's a guy who last year in the tournament, he at times had carried this offense. He was able to get to the get to the free throw line, get into the paint, hit big shots for them. And if he's not performing as a senior point guard leading your offense, then losses like these are going to happen more and more often. Uh, so he needs to step up. Also, these guys just need to shoot better. I think his name is Anthony McLemore yeah. for this team. He's... Got a super weird shot, a lefty kind of big guy, but he can hit threes, and he's just, I think he had he had zero points in 13 minutes mm, in this game. Not good. So the, so basically... You got to make shots. You do, and Bruce Pearl is just, at the end of the day, he's just not getting enough production out of the people that need to produce, um, and that's leading to these losses. Bruce Pearl, by the way, just uh, nominate, is a finalist for Coach of the Year, <laughs> which is questionable. Was he really? Yeah, just this morning. So, I mean, there you I go. I support that. I support that. I mean, that. sure. I mean, I don't think. The Auburn, t- they're 24-6. and six. 
Yeah, but that's a pretty good season. Thinking of how much they lost last year. Yeah, but like Frank Haith isn't even nominated. <laughs> He's the Tulsa coach, right? Yeah, dude, they're gonna win the American. <sighs> Gosh. All right, I'm gonna move on to my best game now. Leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, this game, battle for the Big East, Villanova at Seton Hall. First of all, we had Gus and Raph on this call, which is the dream team. That's exactly who you want in the in the booth there, and it was just electric from start to finish. Uh, Villanova started to pull away a little bit in the second half, and then uh, Seton Hall came back, made it close solely because Villanova just could not make a free throw to save their lives. They moved so many down the stretch, and so it made it a little more exciting towards the end. But this was a game that was billed as probably the biggest of the weekend, and it, it certainly lived up to that billing. It was mm-hmm. very fun game, very uh, ruckus atmosphere. It was senior night for Seton Hall. But, yeah, I mean, Seton Hall, I think you got to win this game because now they're – they have to go to Omaha and play Creighton to win the Big East outright. And they obviously they want to win the Big East outright. They've been in the driver's seat pretty much the whole conference play. And, yeah, this is a tough loss for them because this was one they really needed. And they didn't necessarily need it to get into the tournament, obviously, oh, no. or anything like that. But they just needed it for confidence um, besides the fact that they could win the Big East title. This is a team that's been at the top of the conference all year. So we really don't want to see them fall at the end of the year. We really think, me and Josh have both been in agreement here, that this is one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, and we want to see them play to their potential. And losing a game like this is kind of just a confidence killer. Yeah. Uh, they were It was back and forth all game. They were they were down, they came back. I think they were down 10 at one point, and they came back. Uh, so to lose a close game like this, shout out to Villanova. They played well. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say... Yes, I won Seton Hall. Like, I think Seton Hall needed to win this game just for confidence. Like you said, they're already, it seems like they're going to be at their two or three seed in the tournament. But this is this is a team that I think has all the makings of a Final Four team. you got an All-American and Miles Powell. you got a really good number two option, or I guess two and three, between uh, Quincy McKnight and Sandro Mamakulashvili. And then you also have so This team is so deep. They have guys like... Roten, they have Romero Gill, they have uh, Obia Agu, who's also backing up Romero Gill. Reynolds had a really good game in this one. So this is a team with, they, they should have so many guys that could compete on the highest level. And I think that's so, so important in the tournament when you have a deep team like that. Have a good coach, play great defense. I'm, I'm not going to take too much away from this team after this loss because I think they still have all the makings of a Final Four team. This team just gives me, I just have a bad feeling about yeah. about Seton Hall. <laughs> yeah. As much as I want to have a good one, as much as I want to be super confident in their ability, just at, not necessarily this game, but the way they've played in the past couple of weeks and just the way the team feels, it just gives me a bad feeling. Obviously, anything can happen in March. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, just um, a field test. Yeah, just a field test. I feel like they could lose a game that they should be winning in March. Yeah, and the one they have the tomorrow at Creighton is huge. Like, if they win that game, I'm all in on this team. Yeah. That's a t- it's going to be a tough place to play at Creighton's maybe the hottest team in the nation right now. Mm-hmm. So very, very important. But also I do want to shout out Villanova. This is a team that Colin Gillespie is maybe not the best point guard they've had in the past. He made it, I wouldn't take him over uh, Jalen Brunson or uh, even Ryan uh, Archie Diacono for that matter. But this kid got so much heart he's just he's got big balls he hits big shots he's not afraid to get down and dirty and he's he's a good guy I, he's got I'm, big balls yeah exactly I, I like to see 
guys like that. He's guys he's with feisty. big balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I love it. Sadiq Bay uh, for Villanova. Really he was really impressive in this one. He had 20 points, led all scorers for the Wildcats. Uh, the thing about Villanova is they've got other guys too. Yeah. Uh, Moore is pretty good. Jermaine Samuels and Justin Moore both had 19 mm-hmm. points in Robinson this game. Robinson Earl, of course. Robinson yeah. Earl is picking his game up as well. We know about Bay, but Samuels and Moore were probably the most impressive for me just because they surprised me. Uh, Justin Moore is just a freshman. Colin Gillespie, this whole offense feels really unselfish. They mm-hmm. move the ball well. Their starting five is really solid when you take into account, I mean, Gillespie at point, Robinson Earl, Sadiq Bay, mm-hmm. Moore, and Samuels. It's One of those guys might be replacing the other. I don't know yeah. exactly what their starting five is, but that's five really solid players right there. I They have a lack of a true big man, but... On this Villanova team, they cut and move the ball so well that it almost doesn't feel like a huge issue. Yeah, so pretty much everyone there can go get you a bucket whenever. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think I I soured on them a little bit just because I don't know why I like didn't give Jay Wright enough credit, but just solely because like I was thinking like oh last year they weren't great, but at the same time they lost almost everyone from that championship team. He wasn't supposed to have a very good year last year. And so I was maybe not as in on him as I should be. In. But at the end of the day, Jay Wright still might be the best coach in college basketball today, if you think about what he's done over the past five years. And if you're starting your program, he's definitely in the top five picks of someone you want today. I mean, Tony Bennett, Chris Beard, Jay Wright are probably the top three at this point. And can I just say, I love that we're talking about the Big East at this point in the year. Dude. It's so good to have this conference mm-hmm. relevant again. Uh, they haven't really been relevant the past two or three years. Villanova's done well in the tournament, of yeah, course. Yeah, it's but, just Villanova. Usually. But actually during the season, to have three or four contenders in this conference, pretty exciting because when the Big East is on, they play really good basketball, and mm-hmm. the games are really entertaining to watch. And you got Gus and Raph usually doing the calls. So That's right. Very exciting. No I'm more, excited no for more their Dan tournament. Dan Dockage from the Big Ten. I can't <laughs> listen to his voice anymore. Yeah, he's on ESPN now, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I think he loves doing the Maryland-Ohio State games. Yeah, he's always on Maryland, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you have any any best game or? Uh, I I thought that Villanova. Yeah, I mean that was uh, the one. Seton Hall was the one for mm-hmm. me. All right, so now we're gonna get into a little fancy draft, if you will. We're gonna uh, we each get three picks. We, I'll give Caden the start. He gets the first pick, and I'll get the second. And we this is basically you get three things, and these are your necessities for viewing March Madness. Mm-hmm. We're talking first weekend when you're at home. Or wherever you are, I guess. But you get the first pick of the letter. What's one thing you absolutely need? Yeah, so I've got three essentials for watching March Madness. These are something that I need to have by my side or sitting in front of me at the time. Uh, Start out basic three TVs at least. I need three monitors. You know, the max, I think four games go on at one time. Yeah, but exactly. And you can change it around. I need one TV in the center with the big game, and then the, the TV's on the side. I can change uh, between TBS and True TV, whichever game is closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so three TVs is my, my first pick. Yeah, it's funny because me and my dad, we do the same thing. We do the one big one, and we get, like, computer monitors on That's right. on the bottom and the left and right. So my my first pick, I guess, is is going to be beer. I mean, you got to do it. You got to get – you don't want to start with hard alcohol. You got to pace yourself throughout the day. You gotta That's get right. some solid beer. It's gonna you gotta make it last. The game start early too. You don't want to crash. No, definitely not. You may take a little nap during the during the break in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. but that's that's my that's my first pick. So are we doing snake or just straight up? Uh, let's just go back and forth. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my second pick. Uh, I went a little bit more hypothetical, a little bit more abstract on this one. I went for patience. Oh. The concept of patience. Yeah. You know, well, it's gonna be a it. long day. You got. <laughs> 
at least 30 games going on throughout the course of the day. So you really got to buckle up uh, and just, just exercise patience. You're going to lose some games in your brackets too. Some games aren't going to go your way, but you got to stay glued to that couch, man. You got to keep watching. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. My uh, my second pick is going to be uh, pizza because, <laughs> I mean, more people hey, maybe you're like... you're a slob, man. Maybe more people like wings than pizza, but I'm more of a hey, pizza beer guy. and pizza? Yeah, dude. I mean, I want to be comfortable. I went for the artistic picks here. Yeah, you, I mean, you went for the more power necessities. I mean, I respect yours too. Yeah. I mean, I don't need patience. So <laughs> I, I got pizza and beer. I'll be fine. All right. What's your what's your last pick? My last pick, I didn't really realize that we were doing three. I just did two. Okay. So that's it. You're um, good with just that. <laughs> I guess uh, some food. I don't know, man. I'm going to be on the couch all day. So yeah. Uh, my, my last pick was a couch. You got you to gotta have okay. something, somewhere comfy to sit. Um, but yeah, give me all those and, and I'm good to go. I'm I'm ready for the the ten, twelve hours, however long it takes to get through all sixteen games, and that's I'm getting excited. I'm yeah. getting very excited. This is one of the first years in a while that neither of my teams have been in the tournament, <laughs> neither Carolina or. Well, UW. we don't know this for sure. That's true. If you had, if that's true. who do you think has a better chance of making the tournament, Carolina or Washington? Uh, Carolina. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Washington just beat Arizona. That's or Arizona State. That's, that's, that's your UW update for the week as Washington won the game. Yeah. Mm, it's close, actually, now that you say that, because Carolina, they have to win five five games, five days in a row because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they're so low in the Pac-12 or in the ACC. ACC. Yeah. Um, but UW probably has to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, just about, it's four games for, the, for UW. I, I like the way UNC is playing more than UW, but yeah. UW has, I mean, they just beat ASU. Who's a good team at ASU conference. also. There you go. Look out. <laughs> Here they come. I think UW has a positive point differential in conference, mm. even though they only have four wins. We've just done so poorly in the yeah, second half. It's always just like these like small point losses, and then they beat Cal by like I don't know, like the Cal and USC game. They beat by like thirty each. So yeah, it was like, we beat USC by thirty earlier. Yeah, so that's probably what's inflating that number a little bit. All right, now I want to talk a little bit about uh, favorite March Madness memories. Growing up, uh, for me, when I was in high school, just watching the games on your phones in class, I, I was always a kid in the back of the classroom. I would I would get my phone nice and charged for the day, and I'd I'd have it behind my books or whatever, and I'd be watching all the games as they unfold. And even uh, for better or for worse, as far as my grades go, I, I did pretty well. But that was always a couple the Thursday and Friday, the first two days. I always remember. That was something something really important, and there'd be other kids in the class, and you'd all you'd kind of like hear people cheering, and yeah. the teacher would have no idea what's going on. That's so true. That's I mean I always like watching the games, but that's like it adds a little more excitement when you're doing it uh, when you're doing it against the rules a little bit, if you will. Definitely, uh, one of my favorite memories. Uh, it was in 2017 that year Carolina played Gonzaga. Shocker in the championship. <laughs> well, the real shockers. I wasn't even able to watch the game. Uh, fake was, fan alert. It was during our fraternity's initiation week, <laughs> and it was so unfortunate because for some reason we hadn't been initiated yet. And what made it the worst, though, is that we, all of our all of our upperclassmen, all of our older, older guys, brought a TV down <laughs> during our initiation, and were watching the game about ten feet away from me. And I, there was no way I could watch it, and it was probably the most painful thing. I'm glad we won, but yeah. I didn't get to see a lick of the game. Damn, that's that's like that's like a new level of torture. Like it that was. is so bad. <laughs> it was, and they knew what they were doing too. Yeah, dude. I, one thing I noticed about March Madness is like 
even like if it's years ago, I I still feel like an allegiance to a team if I pick them to do something in the tournament and they actually do it. Like if if I choose this like upset, even if it's like two games, or like if I choose like the national championship or whoever wins it all. Like for me, like the year that Kemba won with UConn, like I had them going all the way, mm-hmm. and like in my bracket, I won my pool that year because I had UConn and. That like now I always kind of root for UConn, for, like at least in some small way. And like yeah. now, I was wondering if you have any teams like that that you think uh, about. Well, last year actually, I won. You know how they do those Sweet Sixteen brackets along mm-hmm. with the yeah, exactly. those, Once the Sweet Sixteen is filled out, they do a secondary bracket, and I picked Auburn yeah. in that one, and they Against ended up going to the Final Four. I actually picked them beating Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which they did pretty handedly. So that's why you like them this year? Exactly. That's yeah. why I've been following them, um, kind of throwing caution to the wind <laughs> with that one because they're not playing well. Well, we'll see. I mean, it March, anything can happen. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pick them to win a couple games. Why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're still capable. Yeah. All right, you want to get into a little bit of odds and ends, and then we'll wrap this one up? Yeah, let's do I it. I actually have quite a few. So Okay. Uh, first of all, tu- off. so Tuesday was just a terrible day for anyone with a lead. Uh, Kentucky, their 17-point lead, they lost to uh, Tennessee. We talked about that, that earlier. Penn State as well also had a big lead at half. Maryland lost their lead on the Big Ten t- uh, title race. So very bad day for leads and on Tuesday. I know it's very exciting news for you at least. <laughs> also, uh, in the UConn game, they upset Houston at home. There was coronavirus handshakes between uh, Dan Dan Hurley and Kelvin Sampson. They did a little mm-hmm. uh, little. I don't know, like elbow bump yeah. or whatever that was. So. I learned that last night too. Uh, Mike Hopkins and Bobby Hurley after that UW yeah. win, they did the, Hurley, the elbow, the Hurley family. The elbow tap, and I was wondering why that was happening. It felt weird to me at the time, but I realized this morning I was this like, "Oh, it's Corona." Interesting development. Also in that game, the Storm Chasers from Barstool Sports they uh, did get detained, kicked out of the game for uh, a little misunderstanding, but that was all over the Twitter sphere last night. But uh, what was that? I didn't see that. Yeah, so there's like they have three guys. They dress up in like these yellow like rain coats and like the old timey like like old timey kind of like storm outfit like rain jackets mm-hmm. and whatnot yeah. so and they go to games where there could be an upset and they like just want to storm the court and they're like the storm they go <laughs> up and down the east coast usually like this week oh. i think they're going to west virginia tomorrow for the uh oh, for the baylor game yeah for the baylor game so they'll be uh which i don't think they're going to be storming the court on that one but who knows, who knows? <laughs> that's funny i'll keep an eye out for a couple Couple yellow coats. Yeah, I think on there's the court. Th- yeah, three guys. They're they're usually like Good in like know. the front row of the student section or something like that. So. I hope they make an NCAA tournament appearance. Yeah. Oh, definitely. They could, they could be this year's uh, orange vanilla Coke if it's still even happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. I guess we never know. know. There are also speaking of coronavirus, which apparently is all everyone talks about now, including us. There's betting odds on whether or not the this coronavirus does more damage than the Black Plague, which is like millions of people dying and crumbling civilization. So it's it's pretty, like, meager odds that it's not going to happen. Ugh. But I would just put all your money on no. Because even – so if you lose that bet, that means that it does wipe out so many people. It's like it doesn't even matter at that point. Like, your gambling sites might be down. So put all your money on no. It's not going to happen. But if it does happen, it's not going to matter because we're all going to be gone. That's all you. I'm not touching this one. All right. I'll, I'll hold I'm on staying away from that one. I'll hold on to this take. All right. Tulsa is also, they've already locked up at least a share of the American, and they're one win away from winning it outright. So shout out Frank Haith, coach of the year, even though he's not a finalist, but still coach of the year. We got a little Cinderella story brewing in the Mountain West tournament. 
So the 11 seed Wyoming Cowboys, I think, is their mascot. The Wyoming Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They're on to the the semifinal now. They just beat Nevada last night in a crazy game. So they're they're rolling right now. They might make a. They just have to win two more games and they're in the NCAA tournament. The 11 seed in the Mountain West. So they they play again today. They play Utah State. Should be a good one. I'm I'm pulling for for the my boys, the Cowboys. And if your favorite team is on the bubble, you want this Wyoming team to lose oh, because definitely. your bubble team will be you know at, at risk yeah, of being your, burst your if Wyoming burst. if Wyoming makes the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia update. So they're down to an eight seed now, according to Lenardi. Uh, they were a two seed just one month ago. So that's uh, quite the descent. Yeah. Very Selection good. Sunday is only a week away. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do a show that Monday, right? Yeah. We got some big we got some big stuff planned. Where, so the plan is we're going to do one show that's pretty much just like kind of breaking down each team mm-hmm. like that's in the tournament, at least all yeah. the important ones. And, and like we'll make it we'll make it snappy for you guys, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll just kind of run through every team uh, with yeah, maybe just one notes. or two, yeah. one or two notes about every every team just to give you guys a primer on who to pick yeah. uh, and some good some good uh, leads for you guys. Mm-hmm. And we'll also do, of course, our brackets, who we have winning mm-hmm. uh, certain games and final four and all that fun stuff. So yes. I'm sure. Everyone's going to have stuff like that. But we're the guys we know. We've been watching all year, so don't listen to anyone else. We're the only ones that, that know what we're talking about. <laughs> the CBS guys think they know what they're talking oh, about. Oh, no. No, Seth Davis has nothing on us. I mean, they just watch the games that are on their channel. Yeah, of course. They don't know anything that's going on in the Big Ten. They don't have no. They don't have. <laughs> they just They just know uh, A-10 and all that stuff. A-10 and, and Big Mount, East. Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, Big East is Fox, I think. But yeah, but they, they play sometimes on CBS. Sometimes sure, CBS gets rights to random games, yeah, and you're like, why like is that. this game on this channel? Yeah. <laughs> I, I always like the CBS, like, intros and outros, because, like, it just feels like March Madness. Like, on all the graphics, like, you're like, okay, here it we really go. It really does. <laughs> um, keep in mind, hopefully we don't see Bill Walton this March. Oh, we won't. He's I mean, he's ESPN, so. Mm. I mean, he'll be, like, on the Pac-12 tournament, but that'll... You think? Yeah. He'll be on Pac-12? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, who else are they going to have? Because Mountain West and WCC are this weekend. So, like, I don't know where else he's going to go. He's not going to go to the WAC. Like, yeah. um, the WAC might even be happening right now. So. Yeah, the NCAA tournament's kind of time for, for announcers just to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, and just do what they want. Just some random guys <laughs> on True TV. Like, eh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I've heard these guys before, but watching basketball, so <laughs> yeah, I'm okay the, with it. The first four of uh, Cincinnati against UCLA. Like, oh, here we go. We got <laughs> Tessator and Booger McFarlane on the call. <laughs> Yeah, there will be some random guys popping out. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get into some games to watch. This weekend is pretty uh, pretty crazy. I mean, it, it is full swing pretty, March. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's. This is the last weekend of the regular the, season. Yeah. So Saturday is just a monster slate. So uh, Wisconsin at Indiana, 9 a.m. I mean, Big Ten matchup. There you go. Baylor at West Virginia. Mentioned the Storm Chasers are going to be at this one. So... Look out for that one. That, that game's at 10 a.m. That's the only reason I'm going to be watching <laughs> if I do watch yeah, because this is the game where the first game was so boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither of these teams are playing great either right now. Uh, how about this one, though? Kentucky at Florida. Huh? The rematch <laughs> in Gainesville. We'll see these Florida <laughs> Gators are not – they've been playing pretty well. Kentucky's <laughs> coming off a loss. That game's also at 10 a.m., so look for that one. Kansas at Texas Tech. This game is at 11 a.m., uh, this is a big one. Seton Hall at Creighton. This is mm. pretty much for the Big East. 11.30 a.m. Huge, huge matchup. Seton Hall really needs this one. Yep. Creighton also really needs this one. Mm-hmm. So, UCLA at USC. This is, If UCLA wins this, they get they get at least a share of the Pac-12, which is amazing. Yeah. That game's at 12.15. Louisville at Virginia. Ranked matchup. I don't I mean, we'll see. That's 
oh, your exciting ACC matchup. Both these teams are trending up right now. This Virginia team is ranked for you know one of the first times this year. Um, besides at the beginning, they're coming off a big win against Duke too. So yeah, exactly. This team it seems to be peaking at a, at a good time as well. Uh, the Mountain West Championship looks like it'll be San Diego State against other Utah State or Wyoming that I mentioned earlier. Games at two thirty. That could be exciting. UNC at Duke this is the big one, of course. So what? Again, I'll give you a minute on their, your Tar Heels. They're playing pretty good basketball right now. Playing good basketball. Uh, Christian Keeling, uh, like I said, he's Shout been, out he's been averaging Keeling. like 18, 20 points a game. Uh, Cole Anthony's playing better basketball, and this this game always delivers too. Jay Billis will be on the call uh, mm-hmm. with Dan Schulman. Uh, it'll be another exciting, classic, exciting installment of the rivalry. Yeah, can't wait. And then Butler at Xavier, five thirty. Xavier needs this win. Also, Butler kind of sucks, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, we got Michigan at Maryland. Oof. 9 a.m., I know, right? Uh, Ohio State at Michigan State. I'm excited for this one. That game's at 1.30. And then Iowa at Illinois, 4 p.m. So really nice Big Ten slate on Sunday. Yeah, and Iowa and Illinois are two teams that I really need to see them play better basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm hoping this game is a higher level. They're both really inconsistent, playing. yeah. All right, you think that's all we got for, for this one? I think that one ran a little long. But. Yeah, about 40 minutes. Uh, thank that's you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're we're risking our lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully we can keep bringing you guys shows throughout the, the rest of the next couple of weeks, but we're not to- too sure if campus is going to stay open. But yeah, I think, true, I think we'll be fine. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, the corona saga is causing lots of freakouts. But, yeah, hopefully we can keep giving you guys – episodes uh we'll be back on monday though to talk about this weekend's slate of games do you have anything else josh no i'm good all right well i'm caden condor and i'm josh Eddie. and thank you guys for listening we will be back on monday uh, and we will talk to you then